going to pick up a sermon that I began several months ago entitled Qualifying the Elect. And when the Holy Spirit began to minister that word to me, he started to talk to me. And I guess, it, I, guess I should back up a little bit. Um, this process of what the Lord has been saying to us really began as we were exiting 2019, coming into 2020. And it became more pronounced and more poignant as we begin to enter into the global pandemic. He started to talk to us about a season of hard reset that he was thrusting the entire creation into. And then he began to deal with us about the dynamics of the kingdom of God and how we are in the earth supposed to facilitate his purpose. And in the midst of the conversation that we were having with the Lord concerning that, he began to talk about the need for the body to mature. And so he made me shift my teaching and my preaching to bring to our flock a word that would push us into the place of maturity. So I began a series for seven weeks on uh, the transformation of the soul because he said that in order for the body to have the capacity to do what he was about to do, to hold what he was about to do, that we had to be transformed, that we were not yet prepared or in the place to really hold it, that we were too weak. Somebody say amen. I know that most of y'all only go to churches where they only preach great things and only say good things all the time. But God, I don't know how that works. If he is the spirit of truth, I don't know how he could ever lie. He can't lie. Somebody say amen. So it's true that sometimes we're in a place where we don't have the capacity to hold what God wants to give us. Sometimes the delay is not the fact that God is playing a, a, a game of cat and mouse, but sometimes he's giving you space to mature. Because he is a master strategist, he is a master economist, and he is not going to allow anything that he deposits or dispenses to be squandered or wasted. And so his forbearance and his omniscience, what he knows about us before we ever were formed in our mother's womb, it, it, it causes him to dispense to us uh, things that we can take, things that we can handle based on that foreknowledge. Somebody say amen. So we began to talk about the body's need to mature. Somebody say mature. Then he started to talk about the generational mandate that is upon the body of Christ and how we have entered into an era of dominion. And in that dominion completely issues from his throne as the sovereign. I'm taking y'all on the journey. Y'all with me? Okay, it's a good recap. And so he began to say to us, Elder Dewberry, that the church world doesn't know him as the sovereign. They only know him as the savior. And most of the people that entreat him as the savior only entreat him when they have a need that he needs to save them out of or save them from. And so when they entreat the Lord or deal with the Lord, if he's not fulfilling a need, if he's not answering a prayer, if he's not fulfilling a promise, then they really don't have a, a real need for him. And then their service and their worship becomes lackluster. And so he said that part of the hard reset was going to shift us. And this is what he said in 2019, that we were going to enter into the era of his sovereignty, that we were going to learn him as a sovereign, that he was going to grip the hearts of the nations and he was going to show us that he is in control. Somebody say amen. And so now here we are uh, post pandemic with some predictions that we're going to enter into a worse version of the pandemic than we already had still in the hard reset still in the place where life will never, ever, ever be the same again, it has to bear on us uh, the question, the burden of the question, what are we supposed to do 
next, if we can't go back to how we were, if he reset everything about our lives, if, if, if our experience as humans has completely and drastically shifted, then somebody that is spiritually astute would say to the Lord, well, then what do I need to do to be prepared for what you're about to do next? In fact, what are you about to do? Somebody shout amen. amen. So this message was birthed out of that journey. And God began to talk to me, Elder Dewberry, about the elect. Now, when we start to deal with these generational and dispensational truths, I have to say this to you, that we are nearer to the end than we have ever been in the history of our lives. Jesus is coming back. I have been on this planet for almost 42 years. I have been preaching for 22 years. I have been saved a little bit longer than that. And for the first time in my life, about a week ago, I was driving on the highway and I said, Lord, are you about to come back? For the first time in my life, I actually believed that he could come at any moment. It began to resonate in my spirit that the Lord, watch this, is moving everything in the earth, in the heaven, strategically towards the culmination of the age. And most of the church is waiting for phase three or four so we can go back to normal. We have not discerned that the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is imminent. See, y'all don't even believe it. I got one Jesus and three nods. We have not, no man knows the, don't say nothing about the decade, the year, the month, or the week. What does that mean? I believe that we'll sense when the coming is soon. And we sense that the coming of Christ is soon. Now, there are those that preach that he's not coming back. Some of y'all have their books in your library. Huh? There are some that are releasing a heretical doctrine that he's not going to return, yet that is the hope of all the saints. Tyra, he's coming back. The way people are transitioning out of here, could it be that God is saving them from the tribulation that's to come? Because their faith may wax cold and they might lose their salvation if they were here to face it. We are literally living in the last days. And the church, and I don't want to be preaching because I, gotta te I have to teach this, but the church is still asleep. Y'all, oh God help me. This is The church is still playing games. We're not mobilized to be the voice of God in the earth. We're still trying to kill you so we can get the mic to preach on a Wednesday night. We're still trying to assault your character because your church is growing because God is there and he left me a long time ago and I'm mad that he's with you. I'm upset that instead of the name of my church, Ichabod has been written over my door. But every time I watch your live, because I'm watching it, I see glory. The church 
wants to argue over which members go where and have not discerned the disastrous destruction that is ahead because he's on his way back. I'm here to sound an alarm. I'm here to wake you up. I'm here to open your eyes and to remove the deafness out of your ears. If you are still living the way you lived in the month of January, you've missed it already. You've missed the purpose behind the hard reset. Y'all not? Okay. Let me get to this. You have missed the reason why we have had to grieve the loss of our loved ones. That transition. Come on, y'all. There's stuff that God employs in our lives to break us. And we don't allow ourselves to stay broken. Huh? Nothing like a trial that makes you cry. Nothing like an experience that breaks your heart. And you know when you're going through it, you offer up unto God your greatest worship, your greatest service, your greatest God, I'm only here for you. But when the pain subsides, you start to slide right back into what you were doing. You miss the purpose of the trial. It wasn't supposed to alter you. It was supposed to transform you. So when we have watched, and I, I got to teach this. A little, I, gotta, I got to. When we have watched around the world, Thousands of bishops and leaders go into heaven. The church should have got on her face and said, that's a sign. You know what the church did? They kept the same antics up, just virtually. You know what they did? They turned their unnecessary conference into a virtual conference. Now we're just doing it on, on, on live. You know what they did? They said, let me find a better singer than I had last time, so then when the, the pandemic shifts, then more people will come because they'll like more of them. They, the church kept playing the game. Could it be that we will enter into a greater season of pandemic because we didn't learn the lesson from the last one? God is sovereign. Y'all listen, please hear my heart. He is, he is in utter control. And if you have not discerned that he's taking the brakes off of his control, then you better act. don't leave here until you can tell. Get on this altar and don't move until your eyes are open to see. Because he has taken the brakes off of his sovereignty. He's no longer winking at us. The wink is over. This is permanent. It's eternal. You better make your calling and your election sure. You better make your salvation sure. You know what I feel like? I feel like one of the two witnesses in the book of Revelation, crying out to the people. That's what it feels like. I feel like even though I'm talking to you and you're nodding and you're saying yes, I feel like I'm talking to a room full of deaf people. And, and that's not an insult to you as an individual. It's the state of the church as a whole. The church doesn't have ears to hear. That's why Jesus kept saying, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Because he knew he was talking to people that could not hear. We're in a stupor, and we've got to wake up. God is talking to us about qualifying the elect. He's talking to us about the sons of God. Romans 8, 19, and 22 says, For the anxious longing of the creation. This means from the book of Genesis until today. Creation waits eagerly 
for the revealing of the sons of God. Not a next Hollywood wonder preacher in Christendom. Creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Pastor Isaiah, where are you at? This is what you were prophesying today. He was talking about a brand new liberty coming into the room. He was talking about a brand new freedom that we had access into a freedom that we had never had before. Well, here's the scripture that substantiates what he said. We are entering into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. In other words, when we come to the realization of who we are as the sons of God. I'm not talking about people that prayed the salvation prayer. Now, the sons of God, that means that we have his image, we have his likeness, we have his DNA, we have his attributes, we have his power, we have his authority, and we move and manifest in the earth like him. Jesus is the perfect example. When he walked in the earth, beloved, he walked as a man. He wasn't healing the sick as God because if he was doing it as God, he wouldn't have had to lay hands. He wouldn't have had to talk. He wouldn't have had to speak. He wouldn't have had to send the word. He could have thought it and everybody in the grave would have got up. But as a man, he walked showing us the prototype for how sons of God interface with the earth. Y'all not ready. It's all right. I know. He told me to get the church ready. So I'll just preach at where we need to be. You are waiting on the sidelines for God to do something that he is waiting for you to get the revelation of who you are in him so that you could do it. They took handkerchiefs from Paul's body and healed the sick with them. They took handkerchiefs from Paul's body and cast out demons. Imagine a deliverance service where they're waving handkerchiefs that touch Paul and demons are fleeing. Peter's shadow could heal. They would do something called shadow casting. So they waited until the sunlight was at a certain uh, vantage point and it would cast his shadow and they would purposefully put people through his shadow for healing. Were they superheroes? No, they were sons of God. Creation. Oh, Lord, help me. Come on, y'all. I can't get it out the way that I hear it. I just really, I can't. I just can't. It's so strong. It's such a burden. We trying to get a ministry that ain't going to go nowhere or do nothing. And God is trying to get you to see who you are as a son of God. You trying to get a preaching gig to preach a sermon that we've already heard one time too many. And God is trying to show you that if you ever wake up, the sun will stand still at your command. 
You trying to pass out a business card. So somebody can come to your sloppy website, excuse my vernacular because I just feel some kind of way. And God is trying to get you to see that everybody that died in your family from a disease should have been able to be healed because you're a son of God. Creation is groaning. Tsunamis are happening because there's no son of God to say you can't happen. Hurricanes are taking out land masses because in all of that province there's not one person manifesting as a son of God that can command the storm to stand still. And you want to argue over who didn't speak to you at choir rehearsal. We have entered into the era of God's sovereignty but he's always been sovereign. So the benefit of that revelation is so that we can understand who's backing us. Because if we know the sovereign is backing us, there's no stopping us. You mean the one who created everything told me to go ahead if God be for me? Huh? Who could be against me? You sitting up in the city hall trying to oppose us getting property? And the sovereign backs me? (laughs) You see that face? That's how he's looking. There's no stopping you when you know who's backing you. Let me give you this. God spoke to us. Well, let me give you this scripture. John 1, 10. He was in the world and the world was made through him. I'm watching the time. Anybody timing me? Please time me. I want my sermons to be 20 minutes. I told you. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own. His own did not receive him. But as many as received him. Listen to this. As many as did what? As many as did what? That means Carlton Pearson's gospel of inclusion is a heretical damnable lie. See, y'all can... Come on, y'all. Jesus, please help me. Please, please, please. You got me out here already. I'm out here. I'm out here. You got me out here. You got me calling people names. Bishop Carlton Pearson, one of the most premier apostolic voices of this generation, he introduced us to people like Bishop T.D. Jakes and Jackie McCullough, and Brian Keith Williams, and all of the who's who of the 80s and 90s in Christendom. That was the stage that if you stepped upon it, you made it. Somebody say amen. When Bishop Jake said less than 200 people in West Virginia, Carlton Pearson had 15,000 at Azusa. He preached the gospel. A fourth generation Church of God in Christ preacher. He laid hands on the sick. He cast out demons. I got videotapes watching him cast out demons. He brought revival, fire, and the visitation of Pentecost to a generation that didn't know it like that. He now says to us that you don't have to accept Jesus to be saved. 
He preaches a gospel that says whether you want to be saved or not, you're already saved. You never have to accept him. He preaches a gospel that says that the scriptures in the Bible that talk about hell are only metaphoric. There is no hell. He teaches a gospel that says Satan does not exist. He teaches a Bible that says it is all right for you to be same sex married and together as long as you have loved one for another. And the same bishop was found in Yvette Flunder's same-sex church. Y'all know that song, thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. It could have been me, her. She is now a bishop with a first woman, and he was in one of her conferences with all of them surrounding him, washing his feet because the rest of the body rejected him. And y'all don't think you can be deceived? A man who led a global network of apostolic and prophetic and Pentecostal churches around the world, sitting in his house one day, grieving, watching the Rwandan crisis on TV. And he began to reason within himself, if what we believe is true, all of these people are going to hell that I'm watching on the news. And he said, that means my grandma and grandpa went to hell. He said, how could you be a just God and a loving God and send all of these people to hell? And then he heard a voice say to him, I'm not sending them to hell. A voice. Do y'all discern the time that we're in? Can you discern it? Do y'all realize that people are going to hell from the church? That just because they fell out and they danced and they snotted all over you and they stepped on your toes, threw up on your carpet, it doesn't mean that they're really making it in. Do you realize that the Son of God cannot return unless there's first a major falling away? And do you realize that the people who are going to fall away are people that you've been to church with? Am I opening your eyes? I want you to, I want this in your spirit the way it's in my spirit. I want you to see the end of the age because it's breathing in our faces. Let me give you this. I got to stop, Lord. There's so many notes. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. Carlton Pearson, we do have to believe in him. We still have to believe in him. We have to believe in him. It says this, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh. Someone say that with me. Not of blood, not of blood. nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. In the end times, there is a species of human being that has been reborn. Now watch this. Because we use the terminology rebirth just to say that we're saved without looking at the implication of what reborn really means. If any man be in Christ, he is a, okay, one version says species. He's a new creature. Old things 
Behold, that's not talking about you used to have an attitude, now you don't. That's not talking about you used to smoke, now you don't. Come on, y'all, I'm breaking this church mindset. This, y'all, oh, Jesus, we have wasted so much time in these, some of these churches. We have literally wasted our life away. Me too. We, just, we could have been eating chicken. We could have been at Six Flags like, and had more Jesus. I'm just. The old things passing away is not just indicative of the former you before salvation. But in Christ, you literally are born again into a brand new species of being. So when the Bible says old things have passed away, it means your old identity and nature. Okay, hold on. The Bible calls Jesus Christ what? The firstborn of many brethren. Well, how did he be the firstborn of many brethren? And there were technically many brethren born before he was born. Because in Jesus Christ... He created a brand new creation or species of human divines. We're human because of our nativity. Man and woman came together. That's still the only way to procreate human race for all of you uh, Democrat subscribers. There's only one way to create and procreate. It's, it's a man and a woman. I mean, if everybody gets gay, y'all know that stops the human race. Yeah, you do realize that, right? Okay. So their agenda to push that has another motive behind it. Okay. okay. And they really, 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 y'all, y'all woke. They really push it amongst the black community. So whose civilization are they really trying to end? Okay, y'all keep being gay. A new race of human divines. I'm never going to get to my, my notes. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to make this point and I'm going to stop. I, I got a video and everything to watch. Well, I'm never going to get to it. It's fine. It's fine. A new race of human divines. So he took us from our nativity as man or woman, because there's only two. Don't call me He. What? When you use the bathroom, do you stand up or sit down? When you do number one. Because if you stand up, well, if you sit down doing number one and you a man, you got a problem. You got an identity crisis that that isn't even going to fix. Let me get to my point. Parents are now being forced by law to allow their five-year-old to decide, I don't want to be a boy anymore. I identify. Y'all don't see y'all don't see the signs of the times. Y'all don't y'all don't see that. And can I just throw this out here? I'm just I just I'm just gonna throw it like a, a worm on a hook 
trying to catch a tilapia. You ain't never heard nobody say they caught a tilapia, FYI. <laughs> ain't never heard that. But throw this out here. I identify with a particular party because of the office that I hold in, in our city's government. But I don't believe in either party. I believe in the sovereign, his throne, and his righteousness. Can I throw this out here? Y'all ready to be offended? <laughs> Do you know how much of the church despises what the Republican Party stands for? Do y'all know how many people are enraged by President Trump? And that party stands against same-sex marriage and stands against abortion, especially in the second and third trimester when you have a fully formed human? That doesn't bother y'all? That you are so far on the other side that you don't even consider what the other side really stands for? I'm not saying, I, I, I don't believe, both parties are full of the devil. So I don't, I don't care. They both full of the devil. All of them. Every one of them. They all got the devil. All of them. They need to all purge. But the consciousness and the conscience of the church is not pricked by voting for things that God detests. That's the sign of the time. If we know that a particular party is going to fund abortion clinics, let me leave y'all alone. People rolling their eyes. Let me, let me move over here. Human divines, he created a race from the nativity. But what the Lord Jesus Christ did was that he created a species that could now live on earth by being filled or while being filled with God's divinity. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just to make you speak in tongues. It's to make you manifest as a new creation. It's to make you take on the attributes of Jesus Christ's new race and species of human divines. What does that mean? It means I'm here, but if I enter into worship, my spirit is in heaven. It means I'm here on the earth, but I'm so connected to the power of God that if I lay hands on the sick, they have to recover. Come on, y'all. In your mind, that's just for the pastor. That means that you don't know who you are as a son of God. When you see who you are and who's in you. The Bible says in Genesis 1, I got to stop just something day. That was something. <laughs> the Bible says that the earth was dark and void and that the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. Aren't you filled with the Holy Spirit of God? You mean the same Holy Spirit that hovered over the face of the deep in the creation account literally dwells in your body, your physical being. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
If you saw who you were, y'all, the Holy Spirit didn't even enter into the Old Testament prophets. He only came upon them. Study your text. The Holy Spirit did not move into humanity until the day of Pentecost. That's when he entered into humanity. First, Jesus breathed on his disciples, told them to receive the Holy Spirit. Then the day of Pentecost came, and the Holy Spirit came and lived in them. You have a covenant that's greater than the covenant of Moses and Elijah. This is not even the message. These, these scriptures are introductory scriptures. This is not even a part of the message. Just stand. Y'all come back next week. Come back next week. I'm going to teach about qualifying the elect. This is just me building the case. God has a species of people, Dejan, in the earth, in the planet, who are not born according to the will of flesh or by flesh and blood, but they are literally born of God. They are the seed of God. They are the offspring of God, and they exist. I want you all to hear this. They exist in the earth by the will of God. Beloved, I'm telling you, listen to me. Listen to me. There are people who are saved who are not willing or will not come into the knowledge of who they are as the sons of God. They are not outfitted for this generation. That's why we've had to say, see you later to a lot of them. Not all of them, but some of them. That's why. God in his mercy took them into his self, brought them back into his being, back into his presence so that they would not have to endure what these end times are about to thrust us all into. If you are here and alive in this generation, and you know you have a mantle and a mandate and a purpose. You have got to be equipped for what that's going to entail because it's not going to look like anything you have ever encountered in all of your life or ministry. These are the end times. You're of the seed of God. You're of his kind. You're of his class. You have his DNA in you. This is not about church. This is about creation and dominion. Break out of the mold of church, but don't divorce what the church stands for. See, that's where they miss it. They go so far left with it that you can't tell that the church is the church. No, that's not the mind of God. God, God doesn't have that issue with the church. It just, you got to get what you got to get from church, and then you got to be who you got to be in the world. We've taught it wrong. We've modeled it wrong. We've made it about robes and crosiers, and everybody spends all of their life trying to get to a higher level in the church world without ever knowing who they are in God. If you never preach, if you never get the mic, if you never have a conference, if you never have your name on a billboard, what's your purpose? What's your assignment? What's your anointing for? Y'all think the anointing is only to preach. No, the anointing is to drive the devil out. There's enough devils in your life that you can drive out with the anointing that we'll never know about from the pulpit. This is where we are.
I'm sorry, I just got, this is just the introductory scripture. I apologize. I never got to the message. When the Son of God returns, will he find faith in the earth? Will he find a believing people that are serving and doing his bidding? Will he find the people living in righteousness, a church without spot or wrinkle? Will he find a bride that's prepared for his coming? It's heavy on me, y'all. It's heavy. Elders, our commitment. I want y'all to, all the elders, just come up quick, please. <sighs> this was on me today. Again, I just have moments of illumination, revelation, insight. The significance of what it means for you to be elders in this house. This eldership is not about collars. It's not about, what did I say? Reading the scripture with power. It's not about organizing a service. You know, the Lord's throne is surrounded by 24 thrones of elders, not apostles, not prophets not miracle workers, but elders. The perfected representation of his sovereigns, of the sovereign's government is a picture of his throne surrounded by 24 elders. The elders are enthroned. The elders have crowns on their heads. They take the crowns off, bow down, they worship the Lord. But they get to sit on thrones in the presence of the Most High God. Your eldership is not a light thing. Look at me, y'all. Look at me. And we've had people come here and mistreated and mishandle it and misappropriate it. And perhaps, depending on how the Lord judges it, he may be extremely merciful and nothing may ever happen to them. But for some, it might cost them. Because this is a real seat of authority. It's a real place of power. And some of you I know have been elders in other places and you could probably attest this is a different kind of eldership. Does it feel a little different? Okay, I thought it did. You all are a part of what has the responsibility of leading, guiding, and guarding the flocks of the Most High God. You are an extension of my leadership as the senior pastor. You're the extension of my covering that I provide, my wife and I provide. Come stand with me, baby. I know you're an elder, but you, you, you're a pastor and my wife and you're cute. 
you always stand with me. When I call the leaders up, you. She makes me look really good. So that's why I want her up here. You're an extension. In an apostate generation, in a generation where the church is defected from the faith, in a generation where they have rejected the, the traditions of the fathers, where they have dishonored the generations that have birthed us, you all have been raised up as elders in that climate. You have an obligation before the throne of God to walk circumspectly before the Lord recognizing that the vision that he has given this house is not just a vision to build a church it's a generational responsibility of reformation to bring the church back to the almighty's intention and blueprint here's the point we never saw it we've never experienced it we can all say we've been in churches that had greater days than the days that we see now, but we've never seen the blueprint because man has always contaminated what God intended. So now we've got to rebuild it and reform it according to the pattern. We're at the end of this. He's about to wrap up the end of the age. Y'all hear me? Your eldership is not about great platform. You may never get it. It's not about making millions of dollars in ministry. Probably won't ever happen for any of us. Creflo Dollar and them did all, they took all of that. 10 steps of prosperity, then you get make a million dollars off of selling that book. Like that's, those days are over. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? Why do I have elders up here? Because you're part of the leadership and they need to see who you are as leaders. Turn around. They need to know who we have entrusted leadership responsibility to. But they need to know who God has marked. As people who are judged with a stricter, stricter judgment because you are the ones who teach and preach. They need to be able to look at you so that if they see something that's not of God, they can sound an alarm and say, you're an elder. That shouldn't be in you. We don't hear that much. Congregation, I want you to see these people. They're a part of what covers you. Their hearts have to be towards you in all things. Every single one of them ought to provide a safe place for your spiritual growth and nurturing and development. These people ought not to have anything in them that would rape or molest you physically, spiritually, or emotionally. If so, make sure you tell me. If you ever feel uncomfortable, let me know. Y'all hear me? Father, I pray over this great congregation that carries such a weighty mandate for reformation. We're not the only one. There's millions of churches around the world that hear what we hear. 
But Father, I pray for an infusion of your grace upon our leaders and our people so that we can carry this mandate to the end. I pray insulation around this house, that you would insulate the house and protect those that worship here. Those that you have called to be a part of this congregation, Father, I pray that you would remove the blinders because the spirit of religion has probably blinded them. Peel the layers back so that they can see and hear clearly what the spirit of God is speaking to them concerning your church. Bless your people, Father. Anoint them with fresh oil. Let every chain and shackle be broken. Let it be destroyed. Every work of the enemy against them, let it be destroyed. And bless these elders. Bless our leaders. These are those that the book of James says, if there's a, any sick among us, they can call any one of these people. And if they anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord, they'll be healed. And if they committed sins, their sins will be forgiven. That's the Bible. So keep these elders in a specially anointed place. Because we're going to need healed healers in this generation. People are coming into the house broken and near destruction. And they're going to need new life. Father, we thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Clap your hands. You may return to your seats. We're going to do, I think, three things at one time. I believe I have some new covenant partner certificates to hand out. Someone could retrieve those for me. Is there anyone here who would like to give their heart to the Lord? I'm about to let you go. It's only 1.30. We've been doing good. Anybody here? 